Drag up that diesel. Welcome into the Big Pen Podcast. I'm your host, Denton Day, at Denton underscore Day on Twitter. If you want to connect with me, long time no chat. Been about probably a week, maybe two weeks. Yeah, it was two, almost two weeks. We Last time we uh, we got on here, we were talking a little bit about the Super Bowl and would you root for Kyle Shanahan. Big swing and a miss on that one. Ha, 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 Kyle Shanahan. But we have a good amount of things to talk about, which I can confidently say I did not expect to have in the second week of February, the second real week of February. But here we are, the Redskins making some moves and maybe some less than great moves, but making some power moves in one direction and maybe a tr- another trade in another direction. So we're going to break down the Quentin Dunbar situation, including the latest on that, because we did have a slight change to the story that we originally were told. And we will break down what can we actually do with Trent Williams. There was a positive discussion between him and Ron Rivera, but what can we actually do with him moving forward? We'll do that on the back end of the podcast. As always, if this is your first time listening to the Hogs Haven Podcast Network, be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And then, of course, go over to hogshaven.com and become a member if you are not already. Interact with us over there. It's a ton of great people, a ton of great Redskins fans, and it's, it's a whole lot of fun. So if you're not over there, be sure to go ahead and do that. But we're going to start with this Quentin Dunbar thing because we have some new information. It is currently a Wednesday. I think that does need to be stated just in case anything changes. But on Monday, we were told that Quentin Dunbar was ready to request a trade and maybe that he did request a trade from the Redskins. The famous quote that went around was, it is what it is, which is never a quote that you say when something good is happening in your life. You use that quote when something bad happens and you just want to move forward. And Quinn Dunbar says it is what it is, and he does not want to be here in Washington anymore. And you look at his contract situation, he had one year left, a $3.25 million base salary on that contract, none of which was guaranteed. So from that standpoint, if you're super, super pro player, you can understand the where he's coming from, right? He's had a history of injuries. He doesn't want to, to lose out on that money, and he wants a, a new deal to stay here. The thing is, and the weird thing, the w- weirdest thing really, is that it's February. The season ended less than two weeks ago, and now he's doing like, well, they haven't talked to me. Like, yeah, dude, it, it's February. You should be somewhere on a beach, like in Cozumel, Mexico, chilling. Maybe go to Tahiti, enjoy a fruity little drink, get your tan on or something. You don't need to be worrying about this now. But this is where the drastic change happened, all right? Because today, earlier today, probably about an hour or two before I started recording this podcast here, it was said that Quinton Dunbar has not requested a trade. Instead, he is going to speak with Ron Rivera on Thursday, and he just wants to know where he stands in the organization. So here's the thing. There are two sides to every story, and the sides here are pretty clear. You have Quinton Dunbar's side, the side that says, hey, I didn't request a trade. I just want to know where I stand. And then you have the media side. And the guy that reported this was J.P. Finley from NBC Sports Washington. If you're a Redskins fan, you know who J.P. Finley is. 
And if you're a Redskins fan and you know who J.P. Finley is, you know J.P. doesn't miss. I mean, he really doesn't. He's one of the best in the business. He doesn't miss. So either Quentin Dunbar is lying or J.P. missed. It's one of the two. And I'm leaning. I'm not saying that Dunbar's a liar. Like, I really don't want to say that. But I don't think that J.P. missed here. He's not a guy that strikes me as someone that makes things up. So what I think happened, and maybe this is, maybe I'm breaking my own little two-way street here thing. Because I don't know if Dunbar lied, but what maybe happened instead is that this story got out, JP reported as his job is to do, and then Dunbar realized the backlash that this had, the backlash it caused, maybe he got some wise counsel from someone who reminded him, hey dude, it's February, we don't need to be doing this now, and he's backtracking a little bit, because the backlash was oh so mighty on Hogshaven, on the other media outlets in the city, there was a good amount of backlash. And maybe Dunbar realized, all right, I don't have the leverage that I thought I did. Let me just backtrack this just a little bit here. Now we'll switch it to, no, I didn't request a trade. I just want to know where I stand with the team. Which I don't mind, just to be completely honest. Because when I look at the future of this Redskins defense, I envision the plan including Quentin Dunbar. Because he is really, really good when he plays because you know he hasn't played a lot he's had that injury history but I do think this is him slightly backtracking I, he's planning to skip OTAs likely regardless the Ruben Foster thing last year is impacting that and that's okay I don't really know if we if we need all everybody at OTAs I mean there are certain guys that you would like to have at OTAs you know the big time leaders on the team and maybe you could say well if we're going to pay Quentin Dunbar we'd like him to be one of the big time leaders and to show up for OTAs and I get that but I also don't know if you absolutely need everybody at OTAs so I don't I'm not a I'm not a huge I'm not hugely upset with that you don't want to get hurt I get that I don't want you to get hurt so I understand that but training camp is obviously very very different like if it's voluntary stuff I mean as long as you are working out like as long as you're not being an idiot as long as you're not just on the couch eating terrible food, not putting your work in, like I'm pretty okay. You can skip OTAs. It's it's really not that not that big of a deal. But the training camp and the preseason and all that stuff, we need you there for that. Like that that's what we need him. And and this is very it's a weird situation because Dunbar is ranked very highly in Pro Football Focus, which we put way too much credit in. And not the fact that Pro Football Focus does a bad job because I don't think that they do. But if you are using Pro Football Focus as your lone defense of a certain player, that better be an offensive player. Like, it better be an offensive guy that you are defending with the pro football focus ratings because nobody takes the pro football focus ratings of defensive players seriously because they lack context. Like, it's pretty obvious for an offensive player, you can see what an offense is supposed to do. Like, you can very easily pick apart route tree combos and know what everyone is supposed to do on offense. On defense, it is significantly harder. Even if you are a football genius, you still don't understand every single concept that a team is running on a given defensive play. And I think that is doubled down when you take into consideration that our defensive coordinator for the past few years has been Greg Minuski, whose scheme is all over the place. It was wild. Nuts. So ranking him very high with pro football focus, it's cool. It's good, but it does lack a certain amount of context. It's very easy to mess up defensive rankings with pro football focus because you don't actually know what a guy is supposed to be doing. 
It's very easy to look like a guy got burnt when he wasn't doing his job or when he was doing his job, but somebody else wasn't doing his job and vice versa. So don't put too much weight onto the pro football focus ratings when it comes to defensive guys. Offense, sure. Sure, I mean, you can do the offense thing, but for defense, you probably shouldn't. But this was weird to me because when when I heard this Dunbar news, the thing that I immediately thought of, because obviously he's frustrated, right? And I would say, as far as player development goes, Quinn Dunbar has been a very big win for the Redskins over the course of his career. He's a receiver turned cornerback, and he has become a very good cornerback in the NFL. Is he a top cornerback? Probably not. I, don't, I mean, I just don't think so. Is he, is he one of the top five guys in the league? No. But he is very, very good. And he, you can make a real argument. I would say that he has been our number one when he's actually healthy for the past two years, at least. Maybe you could even extend that back to two and a half, three years. He's been really, really good when he plays. He just hasn't, hasn't been playing. But when I saw this trade... It gave me weird vibes, almost like Champ Bailey vibes, although Dunbar is not as good as Champ Bailey. Let me just preface that before I continue making this point. Dunbar is not Champ Bailey. But it did give me weird vibes, and there were similarities to it, because I loved Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey is one of my favorite cornerbacks that has ever played football. And I do love Clinton Portis as well, the guy that we traded and the guy that we acquired for Champ Bailey. I love Clinton Portis. I did a project on him in fifth grade at Pinebrook Elementary School. It was great. It was one of the best PowerPoints I'd ever done. But the Redskins lost that trade. Because Clinton Portis was a very good player for a good amount of years. Champ Bailey was a Hall of Famer, one of the best cornerbacks ever. Now, Dunbar is not anywhere near the status of Champ Bailey. But it did give me a little weird vibes thinking, oh, no. Are we going to trade this dude and he's going to become one of the best corners in the game somewhere else? Because we have done that before, and that would just be such a Redskins thing to do. And I think at this point in time, we are moving at least in a positive direction as a franchise, and we really don't need to take this step backward and do this whole little runaround again. Thankfully, though, at least as of now, it seems like there is still some amount of hope. And maybe it's because Dunbar realized, wait a second, you mean Greg Minuski's not here anymore? So I get to play with Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio. I don't know how a defensive player on this team could look at that situation that they're going to be currently walking into with this team and not be excited about it. Because Ron knows what he's doing, if nothing else, and Jack Del Rio really knows what he's doing coaching up a defense. He's one of the best defensive coordinators that we could have gotten our hands on, and we somehow got him very, very quickly with seemingly seemingly no other options for him that was weird that nobody else really seemed to go after Jack Del Rio but we know he's a really really good football coach so for Dunbar you got to think just from a logical football perspective like put all of the money stuff aside I know money rules the world and it's going to run this game put all of that aside you have to think logically he needs to see this situation as a huge benefit like if he's been really good for us the past few years imagine how good he's going to be in this system where everybody is going to actually know what they're supposed to be doing, when you're not going to consistently be dropping linebackers back in coverage. That should be something that excites him. So I'm hoping that's one of the reasons he he decided, you know, let's take a little bit of a step back here. I just want to know where I stand. And where does Quentin Dunbar stand? He should be in our plans. He should be. Is he going to get top cornerback money? I hope not. But he should be in our plans. And the solution to this is easy. I feel, especially at the cornerback position. 
unless Ron Rivera just absolutely still loves Josh Norman, Norman is going to be gone. Take the money that we are giving to Josh Norman and give a good amount of it to Quentin Dunbar. If he's getting $3.25 million base salary this year, sign him up to a contract extension and maybe not triple that, but definitely double it. Does anybody have any issues paying Quentin Dunbar $8 million a year? I would say that's reasonable. I would say that's not the worst contract in the world. It's not like Norman's getting $15 million a year. That was his contract. Give Dunbar a two to three year deal, eight, nine million dollars. I would say that that seems like a reasonable amount to pay for him. Obviously, you're going to, it'll be a team friendly contract because of those injuries. But when Dunbar plays, he has been good. Reward him for that. And then we can just kind of put this as water under the bridge because I do think that this team defensively is going to be really, really good. And I think that he needs to be a part of this. He fits the defense really, really well. And you're going to be coached by freaking Jack Del Rio for crying out loud. Like, just be smart about this. Don't jump the gun. It's February. Relax. If this is still an issue in May, June, July, then you can kind of do this little whole big spiel thing. But it's February. The Chiefs still are celebrating their Super Bowl. And you're out here requesting a trade. Knock it off. We need you. Get your head in the game. Lord have mercy. This shouldn't be rocket science. I promise. It really shouldn't. Now, on to maybe a little bit more of a positive note. Although I would say the Dunbar stuff because he backtracked is kind of positive. But on a much more positive note, to some at least, Trent Williams seemingly had a great conversation, a good conversation maybe, with Ron Rivera. And this is good for a lot of reasons because one, it means the the two sides are talking. Because that was not the case all of last year. Despite the fact that Bruce Allen said, oh, we're definitely talking, they were not talking. So it's good that they are talking. Now, what does this mean for Trent Williams? Right? That's the big question. Because talking is talking, right? Like, anybody can talk to one another. You can have a great conversation without making massive progress, though. So what does this actually mean for Trent Williams? It means, to me at least, we should be a tad more optimistic than we were last week about the return of Trent Williams. And I'm very much in the camp that says I would like to have Trent Williams back. I would. Do I want to sign him to one of the biggest contracts a left tackle has ever signed? No. But I do want Trent Williams back. So I'm optimistic about that. But there is still quite a long way to go. I mean, there really is. Bruce Allen, we actually need to give him a little bit of credit because he was so dumb. He was so idiotic that he might have actually done something good for the team. By his stubbornness to not trade Trent Williams, who clearly did not want to be with us, he kept him around to the, to the point where now we might actually get the dude back. A broken clock is right twice a day. This day just took a while to get around to. Bruce Allen is so dumb he did something smart, did something positive. But the thing is, because of this, because of Bruce Allen's unwillingness to trade Trent Williams, and because Trent Williams played the game a little bit better than Bruce Allen did, last year counted for his contract. Like, that counts as a year accrued, so now Williams is in his final year of the deal. Also in his final year of the deal, there are no guaranteed 
no guarantees. No guaranteed money for Trent Williams if he were to play for the Redskins this year. Now, obviously, that is going to be a problem. We should know at this point in time when it comes to NFL contracts, the guaranteed money is really the important part when you see the numbers on a contract. Like Ezekiel Elliott's contract was $90 million, but it's the guaranteed money that's the real important part, the 50 or 60, whatever he got. When you start to see NFL contracts, focus less on the bigger of the two numbers, focus more on the guaranteed. Trent Williams doesn't have any guaranteed money, so he is going to be hesitant to play. So while we should be optimistic about his return, there is still a good amount of damage control that we need to do, and one of that requires signing a new contract if we want him here for the long term. But because of his injury history, because he just missed a full year, and because of, I mean, the health concerns, right? I mean, the guy had cancer. There's going to be some hurdles to overcome when making your comeback from that. We need to understand all of those things. He needs to understand all of those things, and we need to get some sort of new deal done. Now, like I said, I don't think we should go for the highest paying contract in NFL history for a left tackle. We should not. The dude didn't play at all last year. And sometimes, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe his body is fully rested and he is fully good to go. But also, that brings rust. If you do not play for an entire year, it's going to give you a certain amount of of rust, of football rust. You need to get back into football shape. Because last year, he was not. He didn't need to be in football shape. He knew he was not going to play here. He knew it. So he's not in football shape. He needs to get back into football shape. That's huge for him. But we need to, if we want to give him a new contract, we need to be very careful with how we do it. And like Quentin Dunbar's contract, if we do give him another contract, this is going to be a team-friendly contract. And we need to convince him that it is okay to sign a team-friendly contract. Because of all that history, because of all the past history, but also we have a couple guys that we also need to sign. Like, our team is not in a perfect position to start winning right away, but we are in a pretty good position to build towards a future of winning. And ideally, a healthy Trent Williams helps us get there. And I understand there are people that are still very upset with the way that he handled last year. And to be completely honest, I wasn't exactly ecstatic about it. I understood the reasoning. I mean, hell, the dude got misdiagnosed with cancer. That makes a ton of sense as to why you maybe didn't want to play for the organization that failed to diagnose your cancer. I get that, but I do think it could have been handled a little bit better. So I understand if maybe you don't want Trent Williams here because of that aspect, but from purely a football perspective, your team is better when the blind side of the quarterback is protected. When Trent Williams plays, he has been one of the best left tackles in football That would help Dwayne Haskins out tremendously because despite the fact that Ron Rivera will not say that Dwayne Haskins is a starting quarterback, I am moving forward operating under the assumption that Dwayne Haskins is going to be our starting quarterback. Although I did see a video of Alex Smith throwing the ball and he is seemingly on the comeback route, which is good for him, but also kind of scary. I would would really like it if Alex Smith just called called it a career continuing on with the next chapter of his life, and also didn't come back to mess up this Dwayne Haskins situation because I don't think any other team is going to trade for Alex Smith's contract based on the injury and based on what they've seen from him. Now, that aside, for the Redskins, convince Trent Williams to sign a team-friendly contract or trade him. But the problem is, with his contract in its final year, it makes it all the more difficult to trade him because what is the price going to be? 
What is a team going to be willing to give up for a guy in the final year of his contract with no guarantees that they know they will have to re-sign to a big money deal when they could just wait? They could just wait the, wait the season out and say, you know what, if Trent Williams is available then, we will call our shot then and we will not have to give up any assets. And maybe just maybe we won't have to pay as much. So it's in a very weird spot for the Redskins. If nothing else... If nothing else, we should be optimistic about Williams returning, much more optimistic than we were last week, and a hell of a lot more optimistic than we were at any point in the season last year. And it's only February, so I'm anticipating that the ball is really going to get rolling here. Now, Ron seems to kind of have a good plan in mind. Now, what is the power structure of our front office? I mean, I can't tell you that. I have no idea. I don't know who was really in charge of these sorts of things, but as long as somebody is having good conversations with Trent Williams, I would call that a plus when it comes to him actually returning to this team because I would like Trent Williams back. Don't pay him a ton, but I would like him back. And I'd love to know what you think. Should we pay Trent Williams? Would you like to have him back? And on the flip side, on the other side of the ball, what should we do with Quentin Dunbar? Should we trade him? Should we pay him? I'd like to know your thoughts at Denton underscore day on Twitter or down below in the comments section on hogshaven.com. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Pigpen Podcast. Let me know your thoughts on all of that, and I'll talk to you in the near future.